Ambitious net zero targets must be accompanied by tangible plans of action whose progress can be accurately measured, tracked and reported on. And right now, businesses are not measuring sustainability properly. According to Accenture research, only one in five European companies are on track to meet their own net zero targets. Why are companies struggling? What does this mean for the sustainability agenda? And how can they overcome the obstacles? I'm Adam Green, a science and technology journalist. Welcome to Sustainability Powered by Technology, an Accenture podcast produced with EI Studios, the custom division of Economist Impact, where we explore how technology and innovation are helping to enable a greener, more sustainable world. In today's episode, we're discussing sustainability metrics, the economic, environmental, and social measures of sustainability. Why have they become fundamental to company performance? And why, despite the challenges, companies need to raise their performance further? To answer these and other questions, I'm thrilled to be joined by Ambrose Shannon, Global ESG Measurement and Analytics Lead at Accenture. Ambrose is setting the strategic direction of the company to enable sustainability performance that is measurable through an analysis of ESG metrics. We'll also speak with Ambrose about the recent Accenture report, Measuring Sustainability, Creating Value. Also with us today is Sanjay Podder, Technology Sustainability Innovation Lead at Accenture. Sanjay drives innovation in technology sustainability and is responsible for the ecosystem strategy, offerings, and capabilities. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Adam. Nice to be here. Hey, Adam. It's great to be here. I'd like to ask you both about ESG data and reporting, um, why it matters so much right now to businesses um, and how its importance has shifted in recent years. Ambrose, maybe we could start with you. Yeah. So look, ESG matters right now quite simply because it's core to the strategy of every business. If we take a look at the top line growth, for example, business now must consider the impacts of current and pending changes in government policy and legislation. Um, which is driving disruption right across all industries. At the same time, we're seeing a massive shift in consumer behavior and more importantly, in consumer expectations. Uh, couple these with the rapid transition and transformation in energy and transport markets, and we see a great opportunity and risk for business. If you take a look for a minute at the cost profiles, which are also being disrupted by ESG, uh, increasing frequency and intensity of environmental change is having huge impacts on supply chains knock-on impact on raw materials. And again, this is putting huge pressure on natural resources such as water, nature, metals, etc. And that's not to mention driving up insurance premiums. And I think future green taxes may significantly erode profits even further in, in some markets and some industries. But ESG has also been used as a vehicle for removing cost inefficiencies um, via waste reduction and circular practices. So it's a complex item that is hitting both top line and cost and ultimately into profits. So it's a matter that is urgent right now. So in summary, ESG matters so much to business today because it requires every organization to rewire and retool themselves at every level. Sanjay, from a technology perspective, how have you seen ESG come onto the radar, both in terms of the development of tech and the way that companies look at the tools that they use and what they're able to do now that they weren't before? Well, to add to what Ambrose mentioned, you know, there's clearly a shift now from the earlier shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism. So for businesses and CIOs in particular, what you're really looking at is data which uh, addresses your activities, not just from a financial perspective, but from your ESG perspective. And a lot of this data that you now have to look into are from outside the four walls of your business. Most of this data is not available today, in fact, or they are 
collected in a manual way. So how do you get access to the data based on which you can then use technology to do the right analytics or use, say, for example, AI to do the right kind of uh, descriptive and predictive analytics to inform decision makers about whether their actions are in line with their sustainability goals, right? So this is non-trivial. You know, suddenly uh, the whole canvas explodes because you are looking into different sources of data from the end of your vendors, consumers, in your own operations, trying to curate them. So this is becoming a big challenge for businesses. And our surveys show that only a small percentage of business are actually even attempting it. And a lot of this process today is manual. In Excel sheets, a lot of the data is unstructured. Uh, so this is a big challenge and uh, almost every business, they're grappling with this. They want the right kind of technology solution, solutions that are also affordable. And uh, hence, uh, there's a lot of conversation around this topic on how do you really start measuring your ESG performance? Because you can, as they say, control only what you can measure, right? So it's it's definitely not very surprising that increasingly businesses are talking about ESG performance and measurement. Ambrose, you mentioned earlier the big macro structural forces that have made this important. But as Sanjay alluded to there, it's fair to say that many companies are struggling to actually operationalize ESG um, data gathering and, and, and analysis and, and just into the day-to-day of doing it. Um, what are some of the roadblocks for them? What are some of the reasons that they're struggling? And where are we now compared to a few years ago in terms of the, the momentum of what companies are actually able to do um, day-to-day on this? Yeah, I suppose the biggest change uh, in the last couple of years and months is that ESG data and reporting now needs to be both investment grade and audit quality. That means it needs to be treated with the same level of rigor as non-financial information. The biggest challenges, of course, facing the ESG data agenda today is that around capturing and processing the information. From our survey, we found that much of this is still manual. It's uh, via non-integrated processes, it's not even part of the core IT uh, systems. And that's resulting in slow, manual, lack of controls, lack of integrity in the data. And in fact, only 16% of organizations tell us that their ESG data is actually audited. But if we break that problem down for a second, we see five fundamental building blocks emerge in the creation of today uh, an ESG performance capability. The first one, is don't just seek to understand the metrics that you need in order to comply with a regulation or a legislation or a standard. Really try to understand what is the most material levers of value for your organization from the sustainability agenda. Once you do that, then number two, you need to be clear on accountability across the organization. Who's in charge? How will ESG decisions get infused into decision-making? What policies are needed to be implemented in order to drive those behavioral changes that organizations need. And once you know this, you can set some clear science-based targets. The third element then is all around the enablement. I now know what I want to measure, so I need to understand my data strategy, right? Where is the data coming from? Is it outside the organization? Is it inside? Is it coming from sensors? Am I asking my suppliers or my customers to fill in questionnaires? So the whole sourcing um, of data is going to be an important aspect to get right. Then once I have it, I can develop my ESG data model, through data production and through into reporting analytics and onward for insight generation. 
And as Sanju will probably mention, you know, a key part of that is to understand at what moment does it make sense to improve your technology sophistication, right? From bolting on to current technologies versus maybe implementing best of breed technologies. Once we're there, we then need to, as I kind of mentioned in the, in the earlier response, then you really need to embed your ESG considerations in all business decisions because it's about driving performance. It's not about compliance. And finally, you need to leverage this quality non-financial data to enhance the sophistications of your risk management and your scenario planning um, modules. Sanjay, you touched earlier on this point that the data is often unstructured. It's it's often buried in Excel spreadsheets. And, and this is a point that Ambrose was making as well. Um, what's the quality of the technology out there now for, for, for this? And also, how should companies think about developing this software and capability themselves versus working with some of the new data providers that we're seeing out there in the market who are, who are helping companies to get on top of this? No, absolutely. I, I don't think that you need a new technology to do all this. The technology is there, but you now have to apply it in this new context. And obviously, therefore, there are a lot of new innovations happening in the ESG space. There are a lot of new startups and even the big cloud providers, the software as a service, the SaaS providers, they're all having a relook at the products to embrace the ESG dimension to it. I guess uh, what is really going to help organizations is ensure that they have the right investments in technology. For example, the journey to the cloud, the journey to impress more software as a service platforms. All these are great opportunities to accelerate the establishment of this ESG capability because in the process, the cloud providers, for example, can bring not only your data, but uh, data of your vendors and your consumers all together and help you accelerate ESG reporting in a secure way, for example. The other technologies that will be equally helpful is how do you start collecting the data and how do you ensure the integrity of the data you are capturing from various sources and technologies like robotic process automation can help you in rapid ingestion of the data and uh, finding out any issues with the data or optical character recognition, for example, for unstructured data. And finally, I do feel that the focus on using analytics and AI, artificial intelligence in particular, will be immensely helpful in things like predictive analytics where the business leaders can see or forecast the implications, the sustainability implications of their business decisions and actions, right? So uh, in general, you do not have to think about new technology, but you have to use the technology differently in the larger context of sustainability. Ambrose, it would be great to get your thoughts on the capabilities, the talent, the capacity question for companies in this new area. Yeah, it's a really common question, Adam. Um, do I need to turn my finance folks into climate scientists or do I need to hire some climate scientists and, 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 and have them become my corporate finance team? Um, the answer, of course, is it's going to take a combination of existing, modified and new skills to undertake this challenge. Um, traditional finance professionals were used to working with defined, structured and largely internal time box data. But ESG data is very different. It tends to be poorly defined in many cases. It's unstructured. 
Uh, it's external to the organization many times and needs to be projected over a far longer time horizon than we would normally do right out to 2030, 2050 and beyond. So before you go and hire lots of new people, you need to take a step back and understand what is the work that we do in this organization and how will we enable our transition to us becoming a sustainable business? Once you know that, then you start to think around how do I change the knowledge and the skills of my current workforce? And when organizations do this, they tend to arrive at two different points, if you like. The first one is there's a base level of knowledge that we think all of our people need to know, whether that's about the fundamentals of a circular economy or the responsible business practices. Then you need to think, how am I going to get that core baseline up in my organization? So, for example, Accenture, we developed um, the concept of a sustainability quotient. So it's SQ training. And this is for all people within Accenture globally to give them a, a training, if you like, on the fundamentals so that everybody feels that they are enabled to speak on the topic to a certain degree. So this is a pure learning and skills problem. It's not necessarily about hiring. But the second area is obviously then we do take a look and certain roles will require far more deep specialized ESG and sustainability knowledge. And it's for those roles then you need to get the combination right between am I hiring these skills or am I going to upskill my current workforce? So, for example, many banks are trying to develop sustainable finance products. So that's an upskilling challenge for the relationship managers to enable them to understand how to sell the products. Whereas if you look at energy companies, they're having a large transition towards new renewables. So they are hiring climate scientists and the like. Um, if you take a look at HR professionals, they're really trying to figure out how do I embed IND into my recruitment and retention processes. So it really is a combination. And once you have a view, then you need to make sure that you're understanding where do I need specific deep skills and figure out the associated uh, capability model versus making sure that I bring every single part of my organization up. Because as we said at the top, sustainability is not a bolt-on. It's infused into the core business. So it's doing what you do today, but it also having a consideration for values and the ESG agenda in addition to value and profit. How important is having a comprehensive view of sustainability across the company? Because as you said, this cuts across everything. And that's also a challenge in terms of how you coordinate and get a comprehensive sense of what's going on across the firm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it, is, it is a huge, um, huge hurdle, but it's vital that organizations overcome it. As Sanjay mentioned earlier on, you can only really manage what you measure. And we need to be able to measure both financial and non-financial performance. So maybe I'll share how we're approaching this for ourselves. So last December, as part of our annual reporting cycle, we released what we call the Accenture 360 Value Report. And that's to demonstrate the multiple ways in which we create, drive and measure value, both in serving our clients, but also as operating our own business. And it enables stakeholders to take all of our reporting and, and data in one place, and it offers comprehensive views of our goals, progress, and performance. So everybody can take a curated view of the information that's most relevant to them. But in order to do this, as you rightly say, Adam, it took an unprecedented level of collaboration across the organization. We needed to bring together sustainability, finance, investor relations, legal, tax, IT, marketing, comms, HR. Everybody had to come together to develop new methods uh, to measure the CSG performance and provide that seamless report out into the into the market. Um, and we're seeing a number of organizations embark on their own integrated reporting journeys. And I believe, for one anyway, that 
there's real opportunity for today's leaders to drive a new era of performance by leveraging technology and new ways of working to bring the right ESG data to the right decision makers at the right level within the organization. And in doing so, they will be rewarded long-term by the markets. Sanjay, we know that more data isn't always going to lead to better decisions if the if the data is bad or if the data governance isn't there. Um, and obviously, we have this upswell of, of, of data that companies are gathering and, and using. But um, there are a lot of questions around the quality of some of that data and the data governance frameworks that companies have to, to manage it. I wondered if you could talk a bit about some of the cautionary principles that companies need to take to make sure that they are discerning about the data they're using, that they understand its limits, and that they think about the governance aspect as well as the collection aspect. Yeah, this is a very interesting question, and there are various aspects to it. You know, uh, For example, a study shows that 70 to 90% of the data that businesses collect today, they are stored, they are transmitted, but no insights are derived from them ever. And those are the dark data. And from a pure sustainability perspective, the storage of data, the transmission of data needs energy and it results in a lot of carbon emissions. So, you know, this is one aspect, you know, make sure that you don't have a rebound effect that simply because a cloud allows you to store a lot of data in a very cost-effective way that you're just simply storing without a proper governance strategy around what data you really need and how long do you need it, for example. The other aspects would be to look at unstructured data. You know, we are talking about structured data most of the time in our enterprise systems, but a lot of the data we will encounter in the context of ESG would be unstructured data. And you know, how do we manage that data? And you'll need capabilities like, for example, uh, natural language processing capabilities to derive insights like consumer sentiment analysis and things like that. So in terms of the capability, in terms of how do you collect this data? How do you curate this data? Who is responsible for this data? And how do you make this data available to the various decision makers at the right place, at the right time? And as I also mentioned earlier, around analytics, around predictive analytics, forecasting, benchmarking, helping them understand how the business is performing against the sustainability value they want to deliver, as well as compared to their peers in the industry. So there's a huge uh, need to put such a data governance in place, which is not just the technology, but people and processes as well. Amber, as you mentioned earlier, this question of, you know, should we make our finance team into climate scientists? Should we hire climate experts and bring them into finance? And this this interesting question about um, the strategy in terms of the workforce, but the CFO is obviously the, the chief of all of this. And so I wondered if um, you could comment on how you see the role of the CFO in driving this change and what CFOs need to think about in terms of making sure that they understand what's happening and that they put in place the right policies to to make this happen throughout the organization because nothing really will progress without them and without them driving it and shaping it. Yeah, no, true. Um, well, firstly, I think we need to recognize that ESG, sustainable performance, is a team sport, right? So while the CEO is at the helm of this seismic shift, responsibility for driving sustainable performance is ultimately a role for all leaders in the organization. But having said that, as you rightly say, 
as the custodian of the company's reputation in the financial markets, at least, the CFO is well-placed to orchestrate this, this undertaking. And that's backed up by our research. So a key finding from our 2021 CFO research was that 68% of respondents did tell us that finance ultimately will take responsibility for ESG performance within their organization. And I think as we see more and more ESG disclosures become a mandatory and the need for the auditor verify and provide pre-assurance, I think the role of and responsibility of the CFO is only going to become stronger. And when you think that, as we mentioned earlier, ESG is now about business performance, it really is up to the CFO to understand the financial implications of being more sustainable and making sure that they allocate capital to fund that, that transition to make sure that they do achieve their commitments. And to be fair, we are seeing CFOs step up, right? There's a number of CFOs that are working through, you know, which ESG frameworks do we want to disclose against? How do we respond to regulation and legislation? How might we quantify the impacts of climate on our business model or quantify the the impact of on, on stakeholder uh, of our stakeholders' interests? Um, and they're also stepping up in terms of those capital market days or the analyst calls, right? How do we secure refinancing, particularly as the banks look to reduce their financed emissions? So the list goes on and on, but we certainly are seeing CFOs stepping up in this agenda. And as you rightly say, I think it's a fundamental role the CFO is best placed to play. Sanjay, the role of the CFO over recent years has, has increasingly become engaged with technology, not just as a back office cost, but as a, a core part of the business and the business model. And I wondered in a similar way when it comes to ESG data and the technology and data around ESG, is your impression that CFOs understand the technology that's out there, understand the need to invest in that technology as a core concern of the business rather than just an administrative issue? See, I, I would elevate that to not just the CFO, but to the CEO. And based on a study that Accenture did, we found out that this is an issue that even at a CEO level, people are grappling with in terms of the role of technology when it comes to sustainability, in terms of awareness, especially uh, smaller business, less than $100 million, they do have a challenge in understanding which technology do they need? How do they bring to play in the sustainability context to deliver the value they seek? We also see an issue of affordability. And maybe for a CFO, that is also a big issue because technology is not cheap. And uh, especially businesses from the global south, the CEOs have been grappling with the affordability of technology investments you need to embrace the sustainability uh, paradigm. Those are the, some of the key findings. But our study also found that Businesses which are embracing technology and integrating it with their sustainability strategy, they are outperforming their peers in their industry when half times in total shareholder value. So from that perspective for CFOs, the investments in technology makes a lot of sense because it's helping you create new business apart from obviously cutting down your cost or mitigating your risk, but it is also helping you create new business. In fact, almost half the businesses we uh, surveyed, the result of the survey was they found out that technology and sustainability helped them create new business value and new business that they could bring to the market. That is what the role of technology is. It's not a back office thing. It's uh, helping drive greater revenue, make a much more inclusive, sustainable business models. And uh, hence, it's uh, very critical at the CXO level. Well, thanks to you both for this fascinating and insightful discussion. 
It does seem that ESG data is now becoming as fundamental an indicator of a company's health as profit and loss. But there are many obstacles that are preventing firms from capturing, analyzing and taking action based on these numbers. But as pressure from investors, regulators and consumers grows, companies will have to raise their game. And it's been encouraging to hear from both of you about the many positive options they have. Thanks to our listeners, finally, for spending their time with us. I'd encourage you to take a look at the Accenture report that we mentioned earlier called Measuring Sustainability, Creating Value. I also recommend another recent Accenture report of which Sanjay was a co-author called Uniting Technology and Sustainability. This study, drawing from a survey of 560 companies with over $1 billion in revenue, shows how companies with more comprehensive sustainable tech strategies are performing better across the board and presents key ingredients for success. We'll include links to both in the show notes. 